Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM with myself, Kyle Teixeira, sitting next to John Teixeira. We are back this week to talk about housing affordability. If you like anything we talk about this week or anything John says, or possibly anything I say, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com and thank you all for tuning in again let's discuss housing affordability john because it is it it kind of involved in this market right just a wee bit 100 percent, top of mind for everybody <laughs> oh, isn't yeah. it right like not just for housing but just affordability in general all right? pieces of the industry are paying like attention to this, this milk factor gas you and i don't buy gas anymore but i mean it's all it's all going up, right? It is, and it all ties together. You know, you have – we're specifying housing uh, affordability because of what we talk about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But it – you know, there's, we could use token words like inflation and rates and all that stuff. But the the factor here really is the most sensitive f- uh, sector for um, – interest rate increases is housing. It's the first place mm-hmm. you you feel it. It's the most, it's it's an instant impact on mm-hmm. housing um, because people just think about housing prices, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about interest rates and how those change the market here recently. Um, but what, what does it mean with affordability? Well, so we were i think we we really wanted to talk about it from a rental perspective right um afford rent, purchase, rental affordability yeah. i mean purchase if you're purchasing it's definitely affecting your affordability as we've mentioned in past podcasts because it's increasing your out of pocket if you're getting a loan for that home and your interest rate is higher clearly your monthly out of pocket is going to be higher until until interest rates come down and you're able to refinance so it's kind of a temporary problem so Again, to reiterate what we've said in the past, I would say now's a great time to buy because there's less people doing it. And if you're a first-time homebuyer and you're frustrated with what we what the market we came out of where you couldn't, right? You couldn't um compete with others and now you can. Now you can compete. Now you can ask seller for concessions. You can do all kinds of stuff that you that you couldn't do before. You're just going to have to deal with a high interest rate that hopefully, not hopefully, almost assuredly is a temporary problem. But the affordability thing is what comes up with lenders and, and especially in this case. And the mm. reason we say it's it's so sensitive in the real estate industry is it, it is like while you're shopping as a buyer, um, you know, for example, you're qualified because your, your, your monthly income, affordability really comes down to a ratio of your 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 monthly income and and how much you can afford. So and that monthly income is fixed. So you get you get approved for and you're shopping for a house at, say, three hundred thousand and rates go up tomorrow and then mortgage rates the next day follow your interest rate on that mortgage what you're approved your, for just went up your qualification just went down to 290 or 285 or yep, something like it, that it and, went proportionally down yeah. it instantly and this um, could be you could have an offer out and you know next day fed changes rates and now you can't afford that house that you were at the top of your top of your uh approval for yeah so so good good point and to your point there's a cycle, right, that we want to talk about. There's an affordability cycle. Mm-hmm. And in, in where we are in that cycle is is everything's going up. Rents are going up. Interest rates are going up. The cost of goods are going up, 
right? I don't know anything that's not going up. Insurance is skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. Everything that has to do with a home, especially, is going up. Yet. Affordability is going down. Affordability is going down, <laughs> yes. Yet, with, the reason why it's going down is because. All those other things are going up. It's because people's incomes are not going up proportionally with, with inflation right now. That is correct. So they did for, I believe, through 2020, 1920, they were, I think, rates, um, income rates were going up. I think we were, we're actually going up at a, at a pretty good clip during COVID, but that came to a halt and, you know, it's not keeping up with the inflationary rate. So that is what is creating the affordability, higher affordability problem is because while everything else is going up, um, the the wealth and income of a families is not going up at the same rate. Yeah, we had a you know there was a tiny or there was a small bit there. Um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't say it outpaced inflation. It's hard to say, but you know there was a high job turnover after COVID, which um, you know helped spike uh, you know incomes and and job rates. Just what do we call that? The resignation. Uh, the great resignation. The great resignation. <laughs> I don't know if that's what we call it, but that's what I've heard it called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with with rents, you know, it's it's interesting. Rents have been increasing, and, and rents have increased a lot over the last couple of years. But the the interest rate increases at the rate that they've gone up have actually surpassed, um, at least for affordability. It's made rents actually more affordable than purchasing, just as a flat monthly cost. So, and. You can look that up on <laughs> yeah. if you want to, but yeah, that that crossed in about 2022, and we haven't seen it cross back down. Um, and this isn't to say that there aren't all the reasons we always talk about to still purchase a home. It's just strictly that affordability matrix is because you know when you when you buy a house, even with the interest rate going up, with with insurance almost double what it was in some cases more than that what it was a you know, two years ago, that, that piece of your escrow payment goes up. Mm -hmm. Dramatically. Yeah. And, and taxes, you know, taxes. Have gone it hurts up. landlords. Hey, oh, I, you know what? I want to talk about that. I want to get on a soapbox a little bit. Can I get just a little bit on a soapbox? I mean, I've been on the soapbox before. You ask, but, but you're going to do it anyway. So let's well, go. If you say no, then I won't <laughs> do it. I promise. Um, so, because I've just had this conversation this morning, and it seem like, seems like I have it often with landlords, and it's an it's understandable conversation. Um, my taxes went up 11% last year. My, my as you said, insurance rates, they've gone up 25 30%, right? They're, it's insane how much insurance rates have gone up. Um, that is directing, uh, <laughs> directing, that is affecting the bottom line of homeowners and especially landlords that are counting on the cash flow that they make every month from these from these homes and they're coming to us and saying well we need to raise the rent mm -hmm. and you and I have talked about this we've actually had a podcast directly about this subject um i forget maybe you remember what it's called but um you know, do those things correlate? Just because your expenses gone up, have gone up, does that mean that, that that should be rolled into the rent? And my answer is no, they shouldn't correlate at all, even though they do in, in your mind, they correlate. You want your rents to be to to match whatever the current market rate is. And I mm -hmm. and I'm I'm explaining this, Kyle, because 
this goes into the next part of the cycle of affordability that I want to talk about. It does. Um, if the market rate is, I don't know, $2,000 and you're at $2,000, right? You don't want to move somebody up to 2100 just because your taxes and insurance went up because they could easily go down the street and get something for 1900 or $2,000. So why would they pay you more? And now you've got a vacancy, which is going to cost you 100 to $200 a day, depending on how much of a mortgage you got. That's going to cost you way more than the $100 a month that you're trying to get out of them. You know, 12, 12 days of vacancy will take up that whole lease, mm-hmm. right? Well, and, you know, that does tie into affordability because it makes things less affordable for the landlord. And one one common and, – and we're talking about this because just because these – their mortgage isn't changing, right? Those are fixed in most cases. Um, but the taxes and insurance is a bigger piece of your monthly cost as a landlord, as a homeowner. Sometimes than, it is, isn't people, it? It's at least people as think, big. At, at least in Texas especially because yeah. – you know, because our property taxes are a lot different than some other places, uh, becomes a big proportion of your monthly your monthly payment. In some cases, it's almost half your monthly payment. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a lot of cases, um, you know, with interest rates, if you have a new one, it's maybe not half. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, if you're at three percent from you know back yep. when things were three percent and yep. you're uh, you know standard three two, they're they're getting close to about half that monthly payment. Yeah, thank so. thank you, Texas. It's nice. It's nice when you have a fixed rate and you know what your payment's going to be for, for 30 years unless you live in Texas and half of your payment goes up every year. Well, we could get into how that's based on the appreciation and everything, yeah, but yeah, yeah. appreciate your appreciation. Yep. Just look that episode up. We won't, yep. we won't talk about all that. But um, yeah, you wanted to talk about the affordability cycle. So Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're in a cycle, right? So we're in a cycle where things are going up incomes are going down that makes affordability go higher but you know what's happening is some rents are still going up in some neighborhoods and have been some are starting to level out some have actually started to go down it's really finicky and it really is dependent on the particular neighborhood but that's kind of what starts to happen before everything flattens out mm-hmm. right and i'm i'm referring right now to rents okay and i'm thinking about because i want i really want landlords out there to be thinking about this. Um, as rents have gone up and they've been skyrocketing over the past five years, I feel like everybody's rent has gone up 10%. I mean, we're down least, to yeah. most of the renewals I'm doing right now. If there's, if there's an increase, they're two to 5% is about where we are right now. But still, that's an increase during a time when we know that there's affordability problem. And here's the problem. We know there's an affordability problem. We know that it's probably come to going to come to a head. Yet interest rate, I mean, yet the market rate is still ticking up. Not at the same rate, but it's still ticking up. And as long as that happens, we're going to get more and more people that are forced to pay these rents but eventually come to the 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 logical conclusion that they can no longer afford these rents. Yeah, and their I mean, budget will not in, afford it. The rents are in a period of consolidation, but yeah, it's it's flat or up because it's held up by when when the affordability of purchasing a home goes down so quickly, it holds up the price of rents regardless because 
so quickly people are getting kicked out of the ability to buy homes and then they what are they going to do they got to go rent you know we talk about that all the time but um like rates just went up again like <laughs> two weeks ago and they expect and, to go up one more time and, but like that instantly kicked all, a whole bunch of buyers out of the market mm-hmm. you know rates went up all right now you got to go rent yeah. you know we tried got to go rent housing and, market isn't dead enough we need to kick it in the <laughs> gonads one more time well i'm not saying we want to go one way or the other with that but <laughs> you know the 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 per- the, ideally, the affordability of purchasing a home, it should be less than renting a home. And it before 20, 2021 right or 2020, I don't remember the exact year, but f- you know, all the way back to 08, it was, you know. Um, but yeah, it was quickly skyrocketed to, to not to being the case. It is to own at this moment. And it affects the purchase market too, because like home rates going up is heavily pushed by low interest rates too because if you can if a $300,000 buyer can now afford a $350,000 house and the house they want doesn't change they want that standard 3-2 then they can pay a little bit more for it and that helps push mm. home values up well by the same on the other side of that affordability's dr- getting dragged down can help drag or stop the increase of home prices and start dragging them down you know i mean that is part of the reason they do these high interest rate hikes is this is their intention um to fix affordability so what are you you plug in podcast mansfield now yep i am (laughs) love it um you know the other thing the other part of it kyle is we have done and this is kind of next stage of the cycle that's that's glaring to you and uh, you and I, right? Because we're in it every day. We've done we do more evictions every month than we probably did every year previous to this market. Yeah, and there's there's considerations for landlords with how quick you are with that, you know, how, how many how how much demand is out there, but you know, don't you don't even need to speak to us. I've been speaking to constables all over the counties here. And they're all telling me, and they're going out of their way to tell me that, like, they are scheduled out on evictions, weeks out on evictions, and and they never done that, on, like on setouts, which is like the yeah, last stage the last of eviction. Step. That's like I'm putting your stuff on the street corner on the street and forcing you out of your home. Involuntary repossession. That's the last <laughs> step in this whole process of eviction, where of getting a home back that. Hopefully you never get to, like you try not to get there, but yet the constables are three weeks out on getting those done. Yeah. And even they've said they've never, they've, <clears throat> it, it, I'm talking to constables have been doing this for 11 years, 15 years. The other one was, the, the other day was 19 years. Like I've never, never had this, even half of this or close to this okay, so in all my time doing Great it. point. And that is our next, that, that is uh, again, a testament to us being in that next part of the cycle. So while market rates may still be ticking up the market due to eviction rates and what constables are telling you is telling us that that it's not sustainable and we're at that point where it's not sustainable and that's why we're having to evict so many people well and it's forced downsizing too because you know there's Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of turnover because all those people getting you know priced out of the market now have to go get something cheaper so that indirectly it's all part of the same phase of the cycle the higher rent houses are harder to turn over, harder to fill, because you just drag down, basically take all categories of tenants and drag them down a leg, then now you have way less demand in the higher in the higher uh, mm-hmm. income bracket or yep. the higher uh, rent bracket, So, yep, yep, which yep. ironically is still being held up by 
home price or the home affordability problem, um, you know, those same people in those same income brackets are looking at a 9% interest rate on a, on a, you know, $700,000 home that they may normally buy. And they're like, yeah, that, that three, $4,000 rent doesn't look so bad. So. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, I think we're there. I, I personally, just based on what you and I were just talking about, doesn't it feel like we are, we're really close to that peak of affordability where, where it's not sustainable any longer. We shouldn't see rents. I know the interest rates are going to go up more. So that part of it, we know we're almost assured because the Fed told us that they're going to do one more. But whether they do or not, we're, we don't know until they do it. But with rents, we know that it can't – it's got to be flattening out. As a matter of fact, I was looking at our renewals this, this month. Um, we have – we had like – 14, 15 renewals that we did this month. And I was looking at the remaining renewals just this morning, and I was noticing that we have about five or six of them that we didn't raise at all. We do like a month-to-month premium if you're going to stay month-to-month, but um, but for the most part, for their lease rate, we didn't raise them at all, which tells me that we are at market rate already, and it's flattening out. Well, and yeah, we can talk about all these factors that affordability that feed into affordability, and we're only even consolidating this to housing. And there's a ton of factors, but yeah, I mean, there, the housing is the direct, uh, like the fir- most sensitive thing to interest rates, and that's really what the Fed wants to see. You know, they're going to keep raising things until they see something break. You just don't know which one's going to break first. So, but we're watching it. <laughs> I mean, because b- the precursor to evictions, and we're, we just talked about the you know, the huge change in the amount of evictions and everything like that is delinquencies. Delinquencies is increasing on, you know, the precursor to that is increasing delinquencies. And we're seeing that too, because the affordability of those rents is, is going down. So what do you think the Fed is looking for? Can we get opinionated now? We can get opinionated. I mean, it, they're looking to break things, you know. <laughs> they 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 want the housing prices to go back down because I mean if if they don't go back down and you drop rates again, then they're in they're going to start going back up at the same rate. So if they if they if all they do is halt the increase in home prices and then they have to go back down and all they did is delay what was already happening. So this is their answer to a supply and demand problem that they're not solving, that nobody's solving. Builders can't solve it fast enough. They can't build fast enough. Even in this even in this economy, the only ones doing good right now are builders. Yeah, and you know, their margins are slim too. So but, and they they can give away that's the thing they can give builders are the ones doing well cuz they can give away all these concessions they can pay all your closing costs they can you know do this this and this to make it as cheap as possible to get that house but you know there's still the affordability problem can you get approval for that house or by the time they spend what's the affordability going to be in 6 months when it takes them 6 months to build this $300,000 house and now average affordability is in the 250s maybe they should have built a $250,000 house so they're chasing a moving needle just like everybody else cuz mm-hmm. their timeline can't be sped up into months and mm-hmm. the fed you can't trust the fed <laughs> yeah you cannot fight the fed that's the, probably the best advice ever but you know, um, but that's why people, people with cash are buying things up, you know, because this is the time for that.
This is the time. And if you're an investor, this is the time, whether you're using your own cash, whether you're leveraging or not. Um, just, just like I said, for that homeowner that wants to become a homeowner, it's also a great time to become an investor because you can get better terms. You can get better when I say terms other than the interest rate, but you can get better, um, sales price. You get better, um, you just get better homes. You have more. It's not so competitive out there. So it's more of a normal type of, of market right now. Now's the time to go out, snatch some stuff up. Don't worry so much about your negative or, or your cash flow that that's not there because this will all turn around and it'll be there. It's a temporary situation. Is this the last like phase of the cycle. affordability cycle? No, I think we're at the top of it. I think then we start to come down to where um, maybe taxes. Uh, let's assume that we go through this normal cycle. I don't know if we'll do it this 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 term or the next term, but what normally happens is somebody else comes in and they bring taxes down. Maybe they bring bring interest rates down to stimulate the economy. They do things to bring more business and bring consumer confidence up. Those are the things that somebody needs to come in and start doing to get activity going again. And once that happens, then income should start going up and that should bring the affordability problem down. Now, we still have a supply and demand problem. So um, even if all those things I just said happen in the future, it is still possible that because of the supply and demand problem, that affordability remains an issue. If sales prices start to skyrocket up again, and rents start to skyrocket up again, you know, at the end of that cycle, you know, you don't you don't know exactly how that's going to play out. Well, and that's why I say uh, don't give a, uh, give a generalized opinion that it's until they break something because, you know, that is a hard problem to solve. They fight each other. A supply and demand problem in the housing market and the rental market and an affordability problem, they're, they're factors that have to be fixed individually they can't be they're, fixed they're as competing a whole. Yeah, yeah they but, all compete. but they do affect each other yeah so they absolutely you got to break other. one and then try to fix the other two as the you know as they're falling apart so i mean and that's what we've seen over the last year it's been slow because of the supply and demand problem you know that's why they've done these hikes so quickly is it's you know it, I'm not saying one way or the other what they should be doing here, um, but we're going into an election year too. And I heard the other day from somebody that you know people people think that's going to change the the uh, strategy of the Fed. I've heard that a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, and I explained. I'm like, it doesn't matter who's in, who controls Congress. It doesn't matter who's sitting in the executive branch. The Fed isn't a government agency. They are not mandated by anyone to do any specific thing other than. No, they're controlled by the caliphate, right? <laughs> We're not going to get into what the who controls the Fed or what the, that third party entity does, but uh... they're mandated by Congress to control inflation and the job market. So they're going to do what they're going to do regardless of who's in office is what that comes down to. So, I mean, politics is politics. We're not getting into that, but <laughs> they all you can do is listen to what they say and they say the same thing we're saying as far as affordability. It's out of hand. It's completely out of hand in pretty much every industry. But the housing industry is the bedrock of what they have to target. You know, they have to target uh, the housing industry with interest rates because 
it's an instantaneous effect. Well, I know we, we are really careful about, especially on this podcast, we don't like to get political, right? I mean, I think everyone probably knows where, where we stand or, or where what our opinions are. But I want to say this. One of the things that's clear about the actions that happen are that whoever is in control of these things, right, whoever's pushing all the buttons to make all these things happen uh, – they clearly are not of the mindset that they want to build wealth through the middle class. This country is as great as any society on the planet has ever been because it is literally the only society that has ever propped up the middle class over all other classes. There's more wealth in the middle class than anywhere. And if you take all that money from the middle class and you separate it and you give it to the poor and the rich and leave the middle class without the ability to build wealth, then you become like every other society on the planet has ever been. And we already know over and over again that that does not work as well as what we're doing right now. And it seems like all the things that are happening are happening to affect that right there. They're, they're happening. All the things that are happening are, are taking money from the middle class and, and moving it to the poor and to the rich. And I think that's a very bad thing. Well, and it starts I with I think ho- you all should vote it, accordingly. It starts with housing because it, it – it, that affordability matrix for uh, the income ratio for renting versus – home purchasing uh, it, it ties into the same thing because yeah. you know they don't if, want individual you, home ownership yeah because you can't buy the homes then some don't want the it, big money's going to buy them up for cash and they're going to rent them out for the higher rates and you know the rate the rents are still keep going up because people can't afford houses and at that our, point they can drive up home rates or do whatever they want so our current administration came out and said specifically that they think individual home ownership was a bad thing and that they think or, or investors Individual investors are a bad thing for for the economy, and that they were that they want institutional investors only to own all the rental properties. Yeah, inflation is also transitory. So, <laughs> just saying, they say things, but affordability is that a low? Just kidding. Technically, depending on what ratio I think you're, you're hitting your at. climax right now. Yeah, I really do. So. It feels like you are. I hope you are. I hope we're hitting the top of of that affordability mark, and we start sliding back down the other end, or at least leveling out. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and interest rates, like you said, the builders are doing great, but then if these houses aren't moving, they're paying high interest rates on these on on these builds and their mm-hmm. their, their material costs and all that stuff. So we're seeing it, and it's starting to go quickly because. Um, we're in that time of year where market activity slows down naturally, um, regardless of the cycle. Um, you know, we're October, November, you know, got the holidays coming up. So those things can help expedite uh, whatever whatever spike or decline we have going on. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we've killed affordability here. So. I think so. I think, we, I think we did a good job on it. Good job. Fist bump early. Look at that self gratification. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, if you like anything we had discussed today or want to talk about talk to us about affordability or what you can afford or what you can't, give us a call. 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at show me the money at we are tpm.com. And Kyle and John are out. Yeah.